You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick word from the future, which it turns out is right now. Because right now you can get the photos and videos your business needs while sitting on your couch, no matter where you are. You can grow your e-com store with Suna. Suna is the world's first virtual content studio. In 24 hours, you'll have the solution to your e-commerce sales. No expensive photo or video shoot, just you making money with the images people need to inspire them to buy. Get started today at Suna.co. So the other day, a colleague shot me an article that was published on the Andreessen Horowitz blog. They're like one of the biggest venture capital firms in the world. It was titled, Why China's Version of Email Marketing is So Effective. And it was written by one of the partners at Andreessen. Her name's Connie Chin, incredibly smart. I don't know her individually, but I think it's always really interesting to understand what the up-and-coming trends are in places like China and Japan, because in some cases, it can be a good leading indicator of what trends are going to trickle their way west, right? So a good example of that was TikTok. I'd even argue that right now, live shopping is, is picking up steam here in the U.S., But in other cases, they never make it, right? But it's still kind of fascinating to see like the difference in cultures and and what some of the trends are out East. Anyways, Connie focused the piece on an emerging trend that she's been watching closely over there. So I'm going to quote some of the uh, blog posts, paraphrase other parts, but I thought it was really interesting. So she calls the trend private traffic. And I'm not sure if that's a term that she coined or if that's how retailers are describing it in China, but Essentially, the idea is that this is a CRM strategy that focuses on direct communication between brands and customers, right? No surprise there. Here in the U.S. and Canada, et cetera, we rely heavily on email. And, you know, there are some other emerging channels like SMS, of course, which is huge. Uh, In some cases, WhatsApp, but, you know, certainly email and SMS. The thing is that in China, people don't use email, as much, right? Period. So a lot of people use WeChat even for business, right? And so private traffic is basically what these Chinese brands have come up with as like their form of owned marketing. It's kind of like email marketing without the email side. And I think it's taken off, it seems like, because it enables two-way conversations and a direct line between the brand and the customer. And that's what customers expect. Absolutely, right? Here's an example, right? Imagine today being a brand and not having the option of using email to reach your customers, right? You can't announce sales, you can't launch new products, can't send order or shipping confirmations. And that was really the scenario that sprouted this idea of private traffic in China, right? Because apparently, according to Deloitte, people check their email 22% less in China than global users, Even WeChat put out a report that 88% of people in this 20,000 respondent survey use WeChat daily for work in China, right? Compared to 22% that use email. So that's really, really low email penetration. And when you take that and you combine that with some other data privacy stuff, it kind of forced Chinese brands to find an alternative way to engage their customers. And that's where private traffic was born. And that's kind of an umbrella term for 
what I might describe as like other forms of owned marketing where the brand's reaching out to customers, but it's going to be more personalized. And so the term or the traffic is private because the brands fully own the channels where they're communicating with customers, right? They can contact them anytime as opposed to like conversations that are transpiring on third-party sites like Instagram or TikTok. So popular forms, according to the article of private traffic, are customer group chats on WeChat, one-on-one messaging with the store on WeChat, even shopping groups. Let's see, what else was there? There was, uh, yeah, that's good. But let me give you an example that they used in the article that brought it all together for me. So imagine you go to a store and you buy a barbecue set, right? And you're actually in the store and you're deciding and the sales rep says, hey, after you buy this, why don't you add me as a contact? And then you can message me if you've got any questions about installation or anything about using the new grill. And, you know, maybe as the, the retail clerk, if, if they come across cool barbecue recipes or whatever, they might send them to you too. So you agree to that. And the sales rep then starts a one-on-one chat with you on WeChat. So what's the impact, right? You might be more likely to buy that barbecue set because you've got this rep's per- personal support and maybe you're less likely to return the thing because you know you can ask questions about installations, et cetera. So that's kind of like a private traffic two-way conversation in terms of an example of what's happening in China. But the other example that they gave was around a group chat for anyone that bought a ticket on an airline to a specific destination. So right, let's say you bought a family trip, you're going to take your family to Puerto Rico. Maybe the day or like or a few weeks before that trip, they use WeChat and they text, so to speak, a group chat of everyone who's going to be on that plane. Right? A little bit out there, but you could see some really cool synergies coming out of that around like, oh, seeing what other recommendations people have. What are other people doing? Are, is there any other families with kids, right? So, you know, you can start to get a feel for like some super interesting use cases. And I hadn't really heard of this term private traffic yet. I do think the term's a little bit misleading. Like I think, you know, some of this really exists here as owned marketing, but a lot of what's listed in the article strikes me as stuff that Westerners might not want, right? So even though there are some great benefits to the examples that they gave there of like having a direct line of support to the retail clerk uh, or that group chat, you know, maybe it's just me, but there are some boundaries that that I wouldn't want to cross, right? Like, I think that feels like at least one to me where, where you've got the retail sales rep has the ability to text you, like who's regulating that, you know? And to me, I think, A lot of this is happening here in the U.S. And I think, yes, consumers want that direct line of communication that they do expect two-way. But I think when a consumer is going to opt in here in the U.S. to either an email or an SMS list, they're doing that fully knowing that they're going to be able to opt out just as easily. So I'm a little bit hesitant of of what this article is talking about for those reasons, right? Like who's regulating this stuff on WeChat or, you know, how shady that that retail rep is or is the communication coming from the retail rep or the brand itself? Like it's a little bit unclear to me, but I think it's fascinating that out in China, people are pushing the boundaries 
in a world where email doesn't exist to try to develop these these concepts. So, um, you know, I think about like a lot of merchants uh, when they get started, they're doing some of this stuff unknowingly. It's kind of like the grassroots way, right? And, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just phrased like when it's coming from the founder who texts you or gives you a call, like maybe then it's a little bit less shady. I remember recording an episode with Steven, the founder of Bedrock Bakers. They make the Pagel. I'm a customer. And I was completely blown away when, when he first texted my wife and I. Uh, he even called us uh, when we had an issue with our order. Like that stuff really goes a long way and sticks with you. Um, so, so maybe I'm just struggling with that a little bit. I mean, in theory, I'm, I'm supportive of this idea of like brands building that direct two-way communication line. It's just about like, what are the boundaries of that? And I think as much as marketers, we like to kind of poo-poo the, you know, the unsubscribes or the people that spam or mark our emails as spam, like those do protect the consumer. And so it'll be interesting to see, A, does any of this private traffic stuff really pick up here in the US? But B, you know, is there any sort of additional regulation that gets rolled out to protect the interests of the consumer? So anyways, interesting article um, and we've linked it in the show notes. So check it out. 